you deserve this shit. And how you should take that statement is based on what you're making of your life. Today's guest is Jordan Tarver, and he's dedicated his life to helping you make the most of where you're currently at. He's the author of You Deserve This Shit, a best-selling book. He's also a travel writer, photographer, among many other talents. His story has led him down a journey of soul-searching discovery, and he shares a lot of that here with you today. This is episode 177 with Jordan Tarver. You're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today Jordan shares huge takeaways on how to find purpose, dealing with self-confidence, how to navigate an uncertain identity and what that even means. But most importantly, he provides an actual way forward if you find yourself in any of those situations. Before we go any further, if you could take a minute to subscribe wherever you're listening to right now, it means more than you know. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Forever Athlete Radio. Today, I'm joined by Jordan Tarver. You deserve this shit, Jordan. Welcome, man. I've Let's go. Loving your book. Um, but how are you, man? How's everything? I'm good. I just, uh, I'm coming off a cold. So I feel finally like I'm, I'm above, I'm above <laughs> water again. So I'm excited to be back in the, you know, in my, my normal energy. Beautiful. Has it, did the cold impact your content creation and, and workflow at all? Or uh, yeah, I definitely took some rest. Um, but luckily, I have enough like you know batch content where I didn't have to, to take the the foot off the pedal you know too much. Is that the secret? That, is that, that the is secret the, to stay consistent? That's a secret. Batch it all up. Just make a fuck ton of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's I I was asked recently. Someone was like, "Do you create in the moment or?" are you planning out all your posts i'm like it's a hybrid of both but yeah it always helps to have some in the reserve or is that pretty much how you've been operating yeah um i was actually just talking about this with my fiance before we got on like i love batching content like sitting down and like really like just like focusing on specific topic areas that i really want to dive into like really deeply Mm -hmm. but i also enjoy like uh, like for example, anytime I go to the store and I come home and I park my car, I'll record like two videos just in the car really quick before going inside, just of like random like thoughts that I'm having throughout the day. And I feel like that it just has like a good blend of like being in the teacher mode, like right here where I am right now, recording mm-hmm. videos with this microphone, and then also being like the casual, just like on the go kind of style. And I've always appreciated that blend, even consuming content. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a good way to do it. Absolutely, man. You got to you got to be a creator that can do both. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yes. I think, too, to, to that point, like you have to be what I've noticed and what I wish other creators would realize. And I'm I'm way newer into this game than someone like yourself and Bobby and, and JT and some of the other mutual friends that we have. Yeah. But what I wish people would realize and took me the longest time to realize is it's not the microphone. It's not the camera quality that you need to upgrade. You just need to go and do it and create first, get in that habit before you worry about then getting the road mic or the, the yeah. audio techo mic that I'm speaking on right now mm-hmm. that can come in time, but get that down really, really precisely. Have you found that as well? Like just getting those practice reps, it doesn't matter what it looks like is more important than what it looks like. 100%. I mean, I record on my iPhone even to this day with, you know, the the following I've built and the videos I'm making. It's nothing really has changed besides my actual skill of being able to deliver the message in a clear and defined way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's the secret. Like, can 
an idea is only a good idea if you can ex- like express it to other people like concisely and have them understand it. Um, and I think that's really what is the you know make or break. It's not the camera. It's not the audio quality. It's can you deliver your message in a way that's understood by other people? It's got to be relatable. Where, where did this start for you? Like, take me back a few years. When yeah. you, did you ever think sitting in 2022, you'd be like, yeah, I make TikTok videos and no. it sells my book and I can make a comfortable living and live where I live and have the life that you have. Yeah. Quick answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would never have guessed that this is like kind of how I'd be spending my time. I actually like before even getting into being an author, I'm also a photographer. Mm. Um, I don't share much of it online anymore because I've switched my focus to my self-improvement business, but I used to share strictly travel. So if you had followed me on Instagram like two years ago, it was a travel and spo feed. Um, and that was, that was tough for me to break from, like break free from. And I think that's why I wouldn't expect myself doing the TikTok videos now because I had such a hard time breaking free of not ha- feeling I, like I had to post travel stuff anymore. And for a while, I did both. I did like self-improvement and travel. Mm. And it, it was, that was the slow transition. But that's like even where I was confused more for myself. It was like, do I want to post travel? Do I want to post you know, business stuff? So it's been a long journey. And, and definitely in the last 12 months, I've completely switched to self-improvement. And immediately when I made that switch, like all the doors opened. Mm which is very interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, talk to me about that because it sounds like at one point sharing travel and you, that could be something you were passionate about and cared Mm -hmm. about obviously and wanted to put out into the world. Right. What was that shift? Like what made it easy? What made it hard? Give me both sides of that. Yeah. Well, I think what made it hard was the fact that I had built an Instagram following of travel enthusiasts. Mm. And so I was afraid to make the change because I was afraid no one would be there for my new stuff. You know, that's what made it hard. What made it easy was I realized I didn't want to make money through photography. And I realized that you don't have to monetize every single passion of yours. You can do things out of pure joy because that's wealth in itself, you know? Mm-hmm. And having that realization kind of allowed me to to set myself free from feeling like I had to monetize photography. Because when I started taking on paid photography jobs, I started to hate it more and more and more. And I just love photography and I love traveling. And I'm so much more happy and just content with now doing photography purely just for my satisfaction mm-hmm. and not having to go for, you know, gratification from likes and comments and doing it purely because of the art truthfully and i think having that understanding what about like i don't need to make money off this if i don't want to and i can it can still just because it doesn't give me money doesn't mean it's not going to serve my life and i think that was a big realization absolutely man it's and that one's tough i think because a lot of our messaging now that we're seeing I love the Gary V's of the world, but there's a while where that message was create a side hustle, build up that side hustle, leave your main hustle and make that thing right. side hustle. And what's the best side hustle? Well, it's, it's probably a hobby that you already enjoy doing mm-hmm. because 
you like it and therefore you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. But we kind of missed the point where there is some value to having hobbies. Like it's okay to have for hobbies sure. for yourself and not the internet. Like I think it's, it's totally it's, valid. <laughs> yeah. I think it's almost equally, if not more important to make sure you still have hobbies that are purely for yourself and not the internet or money. Because at the end of the day, your happiness is very you know, important to living a life that you actually enjoy and, and one that you are excited to wake up for. And I think having things outside of the, the money makers and the money drivers is what creates some excitement. Absolutely, man. I've, a lot of this show is centered around this concept of athlete identity. And that's kind of what Forever Athlete is, is built on is kind of embracing that it can be this multidimensional identity. It's not mm-hmm. just the one thing. What I'm hearing there is you're saying that it's almost like happiness can be a result of multiple things. And actually the more areas in our life that we can really draw happiness from the overall quality of life yeah. increases. Is For that sure. like a fair statement? What, um, what hobbies do you have that maybe people don't know about you that follow you online or listening to you here? that are for you and feel free to share as many or as little as you want. Cause again, they're for you. They're not for everyone. Yeah. Um, I make music and I'm a singer, which most people probably don't know at all. Um, however, eventually that's going to be something that I would be on the internet. Um, I music has been a part of me my entire life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents bought, I'm, I'm the youngest of four. My parents bought me and all my siblings instruments and private lessons when we were, you know, in grade school. Um, and so it, instruments and, and music has been instilled with, within our family for a while. Um, and I kind of disconnected from it here and there through high school and college. And um, I've always known I wanted to like perform and make music and sing. And during COVID, that was my like COVID thing. I decided to reach out to a vocal coach and I just like jumped full into the deep end of the, the whole craft. Um, so I've been working with a vocal coach for, uh, it's going to be two. I'm looking at the calendar right now. It's going to be two <laughs> years uh, next month. And that's something that I haven't shared online anywhere. You know, this might be the first time I'm even saying it on a microphone. Um, Let's go. But it's a huge, huge part of my life. Um, it's something I do every day in some capacity. Voice work, music, singing, speaking, all that kind of stuff. And actually, like the beauty of that hobby is with being an author and doing public speaking engagements and even things like this, like the singing vocal work has now bled into this career almost indirectly without me really knowing it. Because now I'm using my voice on a platform, using my voice on a microphone in front of people. And the the work I've done for singing, you know, it's, it's still the same voice. It's still the same vocal cords. So that strength has just, you know, crossed over into what I do for a living. Who would have thought that would be your cross training now you know, <laughs> at this point in your life? I know, right. You mentioned there that it is something that will eventually be shared yeah. on the, in, in your content and online. How do you differentiate between... And like make that decision of like, what is, what is it that you're going to share? And maybe how does that evolution transpire? Is it just solely intuition or are you seeing some other things, getting some signs? Yeah. Uh, 
I base a lot of my decisions off of what feels right. You know, like that, that intuition, that gut feeling I'm mm-hmm. super intuitive and I'm very spiritually connected. Um, and I just feel like I, I know myself really, really well. I'm really self-aware. Um, and if you're obviously reading my book and you'll kind of learn that I've, it comes up in there a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've done quite a bit of self-discovery work and I just have a really well-rounded understanding of who I am on the deepest level. Um, and so I trust any kind of calling I feel and mm-hmm. to answer that calling. And I think when I'm marketing stuff and more on the business side of sharing, there's more of a, a, a strategy and a system and, and more thought that goes into like rolling out a plan. But if something inspires me, I'll probably share it, you know, and I feel um, inspired by music and I feel inspired by singing. I think, you know, that's why I kind of eventually want to share that stuff online. I just haven't got to the place where I feel like I need to do it. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful place to be. I don't feel obligated or that I owe, you know, something to someone or that I need to reveal every part of my life. I can do it when I, you know, see fit. Yeah. I think it's important, especially as you continue to grow and my platform continues to grow or someone listening into this, if they are growing a following, whatever that looks like, it's important to realize like you can you don't have to share the lessons that you're learning in as you're learning them or in the mm-hmm. moment. You can share them retroactively. Yeah. Like it's at the end of the day, it's still your life. It's not however many people are following you's life. Right. You and I think that's to. that might even be like a a better way to share. Because I feel you might share something in the moment, but you might learn more by reflecting later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you give things time to simmer and time to really sink in. I think there's more that you can extract. Um, and my, my, I, my book's a perfect example of that because I wrote on my solo backpacking trip, I bought or brought a journal with me and, and wrote every single day. And on the trip, I didn't really know what was happening. It really wasn't until after the trip that I, I learned the lessons that were existing around me during that time. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I took my journal and I was sleeping on a buddy's couch for two months and I had no job and I just had all this time. And so I decided to start transcribing my journal onto a word doc. And it was a passion project. Uh, this is just a small book I put out on that travel. And then I put like present day reflections in on from what I was reflecting on in my journal. And like, that's when I learned all my lessons, but I didn't learn my lessons during the three months of the trip. I learned the lessons like the year after. And I mm. think that kind of goes back to your same point is, you don't have to share while it's happening because you might honestly not see the true lesson while it's happening. It might take you a couple months to take a step back, evaluate, and really understand what's going on. A thousand percent, man. It's like you need that bird's eye view yeah, as well, but you also need the real life experience of being so close into it in those moments to then I, actually see. Yeah. And you, you mentioned experience and I kind of think, this wraps all the way back around to when we were talking about content and uh, the type of camera and the audio and all that kind of stuff and leveling all that up. Like I actually think to make good content, you need to level up your life experience because Mm -hmm. then you have true experience to talk about. If you you try to sit down and make a piece of content just by going off of what other people are sharing or what you're reading online, 
you're just going to be another one of the cogs in the system. But if you go out and experience life and do things and challenge yourself and step outside your comfort zone and fail and evaluate your mistakes and take all that information and then bring it back and then teach people about it, that's where it's going to happen. Like that's where the content and your lessons and your message are going to connect with people because it's going to be from your heart. It's going to be from your experience. And I think that's the most important thing to level up in your content is your experience and not your camera, not your audio. So I think that just kind of brings it full circle. Yeah, man. It, it's funny the themes that keep coming up in just recent conversations. And one of them was this, I've been thinking about a lot of theorists versus practitioners and like, how can we be a hybrid of both? I think is ultimately our goal, right? Like we want yeah. to educate and read. Like I love a lot of the concepts in your book I got some heat on the internet recently for, I did a video where I threw Jay Shetty's book in the trash and I said, self-help is a BS industry. And I was like, hear me out though, because if you just read this book and even as we'll, we'll hype up your book, even as great as your book is so far, if I just let it be words that I read and I didn't actually then go and create some experiences of, of my own from it. It was a waste of $20 or whatever I paid mm -hmm. on Amazon to get yeah. it right. And that's where it, it takes being a practitioner of the things that you are learning as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, a combination of the two is how I, I view it. I'd be curious yeah. to hear your take. Well, I actually talk about this a lot too. And this is coming from a self-help author. Um, <laughs> the thing that is missing from most self-help novels is implementation. And implementation mm. and guidance is one of the key principles of making things act actually work for people. And, you know, you've probably experienced this. I know I've experienced this. I know people have probably experienced this with my own book, but you read a book and 10 days later, you know, you've fallen off track again. You know, the inspiration only lasts so long unless there's applicable lessons or guidance. And I think we're moving into, um, a time where guidance is almost more important than information. People mm -hmm. want the information, but they also want, they want to be guided. They want to have you hold their hand through the process so they know they can make it to the end because there are a lot of people that, you know, struggle with the consistency, struggle with the discipline, the implementation. And so I think as a self-help author, I also believe that it is my obligation to provide people with better guidance and I think that's something I learned after putting this book out and this new product I have coming out, um, The Pursuit of Purpose, which is an ebook with a 30-day workbook, is, is my first you know, step forward into that world of guidance where I'm writing a book portion where people can have the inspiration and get the information. And then I'm providing them with a workbook that takes literally every single thing I teach them in the, the ebook portion, and mm -hmm. I put it into a 30-day action plan for them. And I think that's where change happens. You know, change doesn't happen just from reading the book. Change from ha change happens from putting it into play. And I think there just needs to be more of an effort from people that are creating content to help that. You know, bring that change into fruition for you know the people on the receiving end or the reading end. Yeah, instead of hollow words or information. Yeah, of like here's, and like count your macros or whatever, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, and it's like. But that's inevitable. I mean, a book's a book and you only put, you only put so many exercises in a book. So, mm -hmm. um, 
I think that's why there's room for other, you know, products in the market, like the one I'm talking about, which isn't a traditional book that won't be sold by a publishing house or on Amazon, but it still reads like a book, but it also comes with a companion workbook that just literally helps you put it all yeah. in place right after you read. So, um, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, that, that's absolutely beautiful. I think the, the marriage of the two there is, is truly the key. Uh, I say it all the time that most of us don't, that we don't have a lack of information problem at all. Mm-hmm. Like in 2022, that just, that's not a valid excuse anymore. Like no. you Google anything and something will come up, whether it's correct information or not, that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but there's plenty of information out there, yeah. whether it is how to uncover your purpose, how to, how to do whatever you want to do. What would you say has been really pivotal in you uncovering this purpose and finding this calling to dive into the self-help space and do it a different way than what you've seen done so far? I think it's going back to that experience thing. For most of my life, I was really unconfident, you know, as simple as, as simple as that. I just wasn't a confident person socially, internally, all the things I just didn't know who I was and I didn't know who I wanted to be. And going on that trip kind of gave me the experience and where that's where I learned about myself. And it was in that moment after where I was like, I'm not the only one struggling with this. I'm not the only one struggling, understanding who you are. There's more people that are going through these hurdles and trying to overcome these obstacles in life. And I feel like I learned some pretty good things in my journey that really, really helped me. And that really let me capitalize on the opportunity I have to live this, my life to the fullest. And so I felt called to just empower other people to experience the same thing. And that's kind of what led me to this entire world of just wanting to help people improve their life, become their best versions, find their purpose, live with meaning and not have a single regret about what they did throughout their years, you know, come their deathbed. So I think it all, you know, it stems back to my own experience with my struggles, finding some solutions and wanting to spread my solutions to other people. And I think the best thing about, well, I, the thing I like about my approach is I'm just asking myself, what would I have needed during that mm-hmm. time? when I was struggling with those things to help me get over that obstacle, identifying what that is and then making it for the people. And I think that's the best way to create. It's a beautiful way to create. Uh, I do the same thing where I just look back of, okay, what does 22 year old Corey need? Yeah, <laughs> and then for sure. Let's go from there. Or what does 23 year old me need? Uh, or what does last week need <laughs> me yeah. need? How can we create and and inspire from there. That's awesome, man. Uh, you mentioned to the confidence thing, and I get this a lot from people as well, where they're like, you struggled with confidence. I see you make videos three times a day, um, five, six, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. How is that a confidence? Like, there's no way. Take us back. Where did that start to shift or how did you shift into who we're seeing now, who we're listening to now and this confidence, this confident person that I'm sitting and speaking with. 
Yeah. My, I really started to become like more confident when I realized that life happens outside your comfort zone and pushing yourself outside your comfort zone over time is going to make yourself, make you trust yourself more. And that's also just going to inherently build confidence because you're going to, every time you step outside your comfort zone and complete something outside your comfort zone, that's a vote toward your confidence. That's a vote towards your self-trust. And so the first time I ever really stepped outside my comfort zone was going on that solo backpacking trip. That was very out of character for me. And that was, you know, I threw myself into the fire. That was a very quick way to force myself. And I couldn't just, you know, step back in because I was overseas. There was no turning back. Um, but ever since then, after I saw like the benefits of stepping outside your comfort zone and how much it can really boost your confidence and self-trust, I just always seek things truthfully that scare me. Like mm. if I can find something that I'm scared of, like I'm trying to go do that because I know, although I'm scared, although I might be, have a fear of failing at it or embarrassing myself, I know it's going to add to my life. It's not just going to take from my life. There's going to be a lesson there's going to be that confidence booster because I did something I was scared of. Um, so it all strays back to the, the solo backpacking trip, which really opened my eyes up to needing to live in a way that I'm always seeking life outside my comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, that's what, what could someone do that maybe they hear that and they want to do that, but going yeah. you know abroad and throwing themselves <laughs> in the fire is absolutely just too scary and they're feeling they can't take that action mm -hmm. what would you say to that person like what's that first little step look like the easiest way to get outside your comfort zone and boost your confidence is to get out a piece of paper get out a piece of paper write down a list of things that you enjoy or let me take a step back write down a list of things that interests you that you haven't tried before. And then do one of those things. Check it off. Move to item two. Do one of those things. Because really, life outside your comfort zone is new things. You know? So what are mm. and the easiest way to introduce yourself outside of your comfort zone is to not only do new things, but do new things that you've had interest in. So that way you feel excited and motivated a little bit to help you get over the hurdle of maybe the fear of doing it. And so that's what I would recommend is writing a list of everything that you kind of haven't tried that you're interested in trying and just trying one thing at a time. Mm. So simple. So simple. It's really that that's, it's really that it easy. Is, and it doesn't have to, these things don't have to be extraordinary. You know, it could be, yeah. it could be, buying a coffee for a stranger at Starbucks and having a quick chat, you know, like th that could be outside your comfort zone because that is like talking to a stranger and, and, and putting yourself out there like that can be a little bit uh, scary at first, you know? Mm -hmm. and, th and so it doesn't need to be a solo backpacking trip. It can be things around your neighborhood at the grocery store at a, a coffee shop. Um, so I think it's important to think small. And like one of my big things in life in general is just simplicity yeah. Life is already too hectic and it, it, it's crazy just naturally as is. And so how can we make it more simplified for ourselves? Dude, absolutely. I mean, I like what you said earlier too about that vote, that little voting system. Yeah. I, I 
teach that and, and coach that and people is like, we're just voting for yourself daily. <laughs> like if you can create some sort of habit where you're casting your ballot saying, Jordan, you're the shit, like <laughs> you got this, we're making this happen. What are, what are those things that you're doing maybe daily or every so often that are doing that for you now that are building your confidence, building, getting those reps and that practice in so that you really can step into the stage of life stage of the speaking engagements that you're getting all of that stuff and be like, I'm here. Like I've arrived and like, we're confident in this. Yeah. I think, I mean, first and foremost, the vocal work I do is mm. every time I do it is, is a vote towards my confidence because it helps me strengthen my voice. And every day my voice gets stronger, I get a little bit more confident about speaking in front of thousands of people. It's just like working out a muscle, you know, just like an athlete. Every day you do a curl, every day you do a, a bench press, your muscles get a little bit stronger and, and you get more confident to put on more weight on the barbell. And that's kind of the same thing with vocal work. It, it gives me more confidence to do bigger things with my voice. Um, and that's, so, that's something that's happening right now that I do in some capacity, like I was saying every day, that's, that's a vote towards my future. Mm. And, um, I think even just I, for me, practicing my crafts in any capacity is a vote towards my confidence within that certain craft. So if I know, for example, um, like my new product that's coming out, what we were talking about earlier, I yeah. started writing it in January, right after the new year. And I wrote uh, four days a week, every week for two and a half months. Um, in that practice, every single day, just every day, I just had this like new sense of confidence and motivation about writing in general. And I hadn't been writing a lot because I, I was Christmas break, took a little bit break from writing just because I needed some breathing room after the book and I wrote a bunch of articles and I just needed to, you know, take a breath. And then I got back into it in, in January. And at first it was just like kind of reconnecting with the, that create creative side of my brain. Mm -hmm. And then every single day was another vote and another vote and another vote. And like by day 30, I literally felt unstoppable. Like I was just like, this is, it's just, it's just flowing. You know, I was just totally in flow state by the end of, you know, the first month. And, um, yeah, it just made me really like, even though I'm taking a break from writing right now, because we're finishing the creative of that project, it just made me realize like what I'm truly capable of, uh, in, in any craft, but specifically writing, if you do it every single day, like it's, it's really crazy how much it can add to your capabilities by, by a daily practice. Mm. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's, I love that you just kind of outlined whether you know it or not. Uh, flow comes in a four stage cycle of there's struggle is the first part. That's where our skills are developed, but we need that. So we need struggle. Then there's this breakthrough, the release, then flow itself, and then there's recovery. So yeah, I'm, I'm really hearing cool. kind of in this like macro picture was, you know, took took the break, time off around Christmas, came into the new year, boom started to write again, but it was a struggle. It didn't come to you like right away. Right. It, it took a little bit while to dust off the cobwebs, you know, mm -hmm. shake off the rust a little bit. And you have this breakthrough and 
30 days later, here you are. What was that process like, like diving into that? Because from what I know, from the business standpoint of looking at your book, the book sales of this current one that's out right now Mm -hmm. didn't really take, start to take off until the turn of the new year. Yeah. So what was that like doubling down on kind of, I'm a writer, I'm doing this without having the, I don't want to say the external validation, but without having that first one start to get some traction. I think like, I guess I, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of the heights that it could reach in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that in itself was self-doubt hundred percent, you know, like I, I think I, I think what happened with the book and I don't know if this really answers your question, but the story is kind of coming up. Um, I put the book out. It did great for the first month, like after launch, which I expected to be some like launch buzz. And then it just got flat for mm. months. You know, I put out in June and I didn't see really anything happening until December 26th. So that's, you know, seven months of nothing. And I think that seven months of a low period just kind of made me break from it for a little bit. Like if I had a relationship from it, I feel like we were on a break. (laughs) Um, And I think I was able to kind of, and I think that was healthy because then I came back in December and I was really connected to the project again. I think I just had to break free from it for a bit and then come back with this like fresh energy and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, and this is before it started taking off. I think stepping away, going back to the zooming out that we were talking about earlier and re- the reflecting, stepping away and, and asking myself, like, is this what I want to do? does this make me feel good even if the numbers aren't there and realizing that yes it does fulfill me and like when i can help someone it really does make me feel energized having that breakthrough during my reflection period you know it gave me that extra juice to come back and be like i need to share my gifts i i, I can't just write a book and then not do anything with it it's my obligation especially as a, a self-managed independent author to put in the effort to get it out to the people that want the help. Cause I didn't write the book for it to sit on a, a shelf and just collect dust and only be purchased by, you know, 200 people. Like I wrote a book to help as many people as I could possibly help. Um, and I think stepping away for some time and kind of rethinking what is my direction? Like, why am I doing this? And why did I write this book was really healthy for me. Yeah. I mean, going back to that overlay cycle, I'm just hearing all these different things of like, you went through a seven month struggle of like bang, almost banging your head against the wall. Of like, mm-hmm. how do I get creative? How do I get creative here? How do I share on this? Or I, I think I watched one of your TikToks where it was like, you tried influencer campaigns and like, we're going to send this really cool pa- care package box to people yeah. and see, they'll post about it and then that will boost sales. Yeah. It, that didn't, really pan out like you thought it would did it (laughs) no i think that i think that that model has just kind of came and gone you know Mm. and i think at the time like when i released this book i didn't have a tiktok so june of 2021 i didn't have a video on tiktok at all um and it was part of the marketing plan to market on tiktok and so i started doing tiktok and i actually had no success 
for like the first month. And so I completely stopped and switched all my efforts back to Instagram because that's where I was comfortable, you know, being a millennial and sharing on Instagram, you know, since 2011, whatever year, that's where I felt like I was able to do what I knew how to do creatively online. But that's not where the attention was. You know, the attention has switched to TikTok. And those boxes, they served me in different ways than I anticipated. And I'm forever grateful I sent them out because I've made really good connections with uh, really good people Mm -hmm. through sending them out. And I think that's more valuable to me than them boosting my book sales. Um, And opportunities have came through from meeting these types of people. And so I think they ended up serving a different way, almost like my a pathway of communication to to some successful individuals. And of course, I I would have loved if you know celebrities had posted it, but at the end of the day, just that clearly wasn't supposed to happen, you know. And maybe yeah. it was, maybe I did send those boxes out for the communication, for the connection, for the sign of appreciation. Um, and then I eventually kind of realized in September, October, that Instagram wasn't working anymore and that I needed to go where the attention was. And so again, going back to this cycle, we keep talking about, I had that month struggle, nothing worked on TikTok. I stopped posting. I went back to TikTok. I guess that's like four, Mm -hmm. three or four months later. And at that time I was still posting travel content and self-improvement. And so I had a mixed niche and things were working, but I was having the travel stuff in there was diversifying my message. Yeah. That's what it was happening. And then it's when I decided to switch TikTok just to self-improvement that I was able to like, my message was really able to shine through. And I think that was like, well, I don't think, I know that was pivotal. Um, for the progression of my career, not even just the book. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, I, I'm guilty of this too. It's like, I, I hear the importance of niching down so much and everything wants to like fight it sometimes as well. Yeah. But I think the beauty of self-improvement and self-help um, and wanting and empowering people to do their best and explore that is that it can actually be expressed in tons of different forms of content. Mm-hmm. Like I can share some motivational story over a voiceover of me working out. And cause I mm-hmm. came from the fitness side mm-hmm. of things. Like I was a, a fitness influencer, I guess you could say beforehand. Um, but all of that to say, it's like, we're sending mixed signals and we're questioning why aren't people on the other side <laughs> understanding, right? It's really just, yeah. we're not clearly communicating what it is that we're bringing to the table and what we even would like them to do right <laughs> in that process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, I experienced it firsthand. I, I, it was that same kind of struggle I had with breaking free from Instagram on Instagram from the travel stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had that same experience with the TikTok was just travel just felt, I mean, it still does, but, but content wise, it felt, it just was so a part of who I was online Mm-hmm. And it felt it was my identity. Like it, I, I only shared travel for, you know, s- seven years, strictly travel. And so to break free from that just felt super uncomfortable. Um, 
but yeah, making that decision to switch and just to try to share my message of self-help, self-improvement, purpose, all that kind of stuff was the, the catalyst into, you know, the book being seen by more people, people resonating with my message and people connecting with me on that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Do you think there's a difference between purpose and identity? So I think I just thought of that as you were saying, shedding that identity of I'm a yeah. travel sharer. Is there a difference or are they more similar than we think? Well, I think identity, I'm not an identity expert, by the way, but all good. We'll Neither go am I. We're, we're, we're learning. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was more for your listeners to take yeah. this with a grain of salt, but I see identity as everything that makes you up, makes up who you are, you know, so your passions, the people you surround yourself with, the things you share online, the things you say, uh, all that kind of stuff. Purpose is why you do what you do. So I think it's even more specific. Let's put it this way. I think your purpose is part of your identity. I don't think your identity is your purpose. Mm. I like that because that allows people to almost detach their... So when I hear identity, I think a lot of self-worth and value comes mm-hmm. into that uh, yeah. conversation as well. And the way that you just put it kind of allows someone to detach their value and self-worth from what they're doing every single day. Cause it's more mm-hmm. of a, if I'm kind of bridging, taking a, a leap here, it's almost like more of a core foundational thing. Yeah. And like the way I see purpose, even like when I think of my own purpose, I like almost see it like out here in front of me. Mm-hmm. I don't see it like, uh, as a like a, like you're saying attack like you were saying detach but i don't see it as like an attachment to me because i see it as like my guiding light and so i imagine it as that's the thing i'm looking forward like out into the the sky like that's the, my north star and so because and also having that like relationship with it allows me to be open to it changing throughout my life it doesn't always have to be the same thing and i think that's really important about purpose is it's going to change. And it's, I explain this in the book, your goals at 21, 35, 55, and 75 are going to be different. Your purpose will most likely be different too, because you're growing as an individual. You're learning more about yourself and the world around you. And the reason you do things, your why, the thing that you get up in the morning to go do and how you choose to serve the world is going to change as you grow as an individual. And I think having that relationship as a North star allows that North star to change over time. Um, and so that's kind of my relationship with my purpose is it's just reminding me every day. Why do I create content? Why do I write books? Why do I show up as the person I do with my friends and family? Well, it's because I'm here to help people live a better life. Mm. That's huge, man. I, I love that you brought up that it's fluid because that was going to be one of my questions for you around purpose mm-hmm. in general. Because um, I I see it. I'm sure you are an observer of it as well as you live in this purpose space of people getting so hell-bent on finding it um, almost to the point of like frustration that they can't find it. Yeah. But if we can understand that it's fluid and almost like the less we try to obsess over it, the more likely 
it is we actually unlock it and uncover it. Yeah. What would what would be like some easy ways or some ways that you would invite people to try to discover or unearth this intuition, this purpose, and find that North Star for them wherever they're at, whatever age, stage, yeah. or season of life they're in. I think the easiest way to find your purpose or I guess live a purposeful life is to identify your core values because at the minimum living a purposeful life is representing what you stand for and what you stand for are your core values. So if you can identify the things that are most important to you, like compassion, kindness, communication, patience, growth, those kind of things, identify those, come up with your top core values. That's going to give you basically a measuring stick of how you need to behave and act on a daily basis in order to feel fulfilled. Because when you fulfill those things, for example, if you're one of your core values is kindness and you take action every day to be kind to yourself and other people, that's going to just be the perfect indicator that you fulfilled the thing that's most important to you. And mm. doing that is going to make you feel like you're living a purposeful life. Mm. That's huge, man. That's a starting point. I think there's much more to it. And there's, it, there's more ways to get more specific. I believe in having a, a one sentence uh, statement that mm-hmm. is your reminder of what your actual defined purpose is. But even so, that one sentence statement represents and is, it comes from understanding your core values first. And that's kind of what, what I'm teaching in the book. Yeah. I, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, we have so many similarities in our teaching style and, and kind of what we believe Yeah, there. Um, love I it. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. It, if we can stem from those, one of the, the strategies that I like to share with people is this to be list, like start with the core values, start with those things that are important to you and ask yourself, how can you be that today? How can you express that today? Mm, if that, like that runs what you're doing, your to-do list for the day, then great, fantastic. You're going to have a much more productive day because you've set that intention beforehand. Like my intention here was to try to connect with you and share some meaningful message from this episode so far. And it's safe to say, I think we've gotten a lot of great gold content out of this. Yeah. Man. I, I want to be respectful of your time because we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, I'm, I'm cool, man. We can, we can keep chatting or keep whatever. jamming. I want to, <laughs> I want to ask you, um, well, before I ask you the fast five, which are just rapid fire that we, we end every episode with, what are you most excited about right now? And then I'll have one other question for you before the rapid fire. I'm really excited for the progress I'm making with my voice. Mm. That is something that makes me feel really good because I believe I was put here to use my voice in all different forms, writing, singing, videos, podcasting, speaking. And so to know I'm strengthening it and to know I'm uh, feeling more connected to my voice makes me feel like I have a bigger opportunity to really live to my full potential. Um, 
I love it. I can't wait to start seeing this this musical content being pushed out there. Yeah, it, uh, it'll it'll get there for sure. I'm like, um, whenever you're ready to share it, I'll I'll, I'll consume it happily. Online. Well, I I wrote down <laughs> at the beginning of the year that it would happen sometime this year. So Let's there's go. that. I love it, man. Uh, the other question I I have for you there is, who is Jordan Tarver beyond the author, the content creator, like? Who are you beyond what you do? I'm a really thoughtful individual who values kindness and communication. And this past year, I learned that aside from anything else, if you have good health, good finances, and family, life's pretty good, you know? And so... I'm someone who focuses on those three things in a thoughtful manner. Mm. I love that you added the thoughtful element into it as well. Cause it's easy to look at those and feel like you're checking a box. But in this conversation, I have a good feeling that you're not going through the motions and checking boxes every day. You're being no. very mindful of how you're living your life. Yes. Very. Uh, just after what we've all been through, not to like go that direction too deep, mm. just like having a true appreciation of having access to all those three things and genuinely feeling grateful for it. Um, I think I realized that m- more so with family than anything else, both my immediate family back in Northern California and also my in-laws and my fiance and her brother, like having these two families where I feel so supported on you know, either end just makes me feel whole. Like I just feel incredibly grateful to be able to wake up every day and know that, you know, if anything were to happen, you know, there are still, I guess that's nine other people besides myself that love me. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like, I, I couldn't be more thankful and appreciative of that. Yeah. That's bigger than you, man. It's, and that's really what, what it's about. Truly. I want to, I want to say I'm, I'm grateful for you and appreciate this conversation. First and foremost, you have likewise a very, you carry yourself very well. Um, and it's always enjoyable for me to sit down with someone who I, yeah, I've, I feel like I watch your content, but it's like 15, 30 second snippets and yeah. who, who you are. So I can always appreciate sitting down and even more so I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with who you are sitting down for a longer period of time. Mm, thank you. Uh, so I appreciate it, man. I want well, to ask I you. Th- I appreciate you saying that, you know, it's, I feel like it's nice to hear those things. And I think it's even sometimes harder to share your appreciation just in mm. general. And so, you know, I appreciate you saying those things and putting this together and reaching out and making this happen because I think it's been great. Shout out to the bearded man, Bobby, man Bobby. For, for setting this up. He's, he's a good guy and he knows good people when he sees them and connects yeah he's on the you. he's on the team for sure yeah a thousand percent we got our fast five so they're gonna be they're gonna be rapid fire okay. one sentence one word answers number one is what is your go-to podcast that you're jamming out to right now i don't listen to too many podcasts because it's tough to listen to people talking while i'm writing <laughs> fair enough. however i just listened to jay shetty's podcast with big sean part two and I highly recommend it to every single person. 
I love it. I had a newfound respect for Big Sean and the Russ episode that Ooh. he did. That was a, a good one. It was I'm cool gonna, to I'm re- get these I'm other layers. Not to break the, <laughs> the flow of the Fast Five, but maybe this is a struggle, and then we'll get to the flow. Um, I'm reading Russ's book right now, so I'm definitely going to listen to that podcast. I didn't know that was out there, so cool. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, go-to book that you've read in the past year? Atomic Habits. Ooh, great choice. I number think, th- yeah, that's a great book. <laughs> number three, what's a quote that you live by? Lead with kindness. Beautiful. Number four, what's something you can't live without? Family. Number five, if you could sum up everything that you're doing right now, what's your focus right now? Into one word. Purpose driven. Little hyphenated. <laughs> Spoken like a true writer there. <laughs> Making all your words count. Um, Jordan, man, again, thank you so much. Where can those listening in connect with you, find the book, learn more about this upcoming project you got? Yeah. And just stay up to date and hopefully get some musically driven content here soon as well. Yeah. Uh, JordanTarver.com is my website. Uh, at Jordan Tarver on Instagram and TikTok. I mostly hang out on TikTok. So come over there. I also have a free texting community where I send out exclusive inspiration every single day. Um, you can sign up through one of the link in my bios. It's completely free, not a dollar ever spent. Uh, that's where you'll find me. The new project, uh, Pursuit of Purpose, is hopefully, my intention is it for it to come out in summer, but um, I'm kind of, surrendering to the flow of the universe and we'll see what happens you know having just written a book myself i know the ups and downs <laughs> of that whole journey and you can have all the plans to have a certain launch date in mind and yes the publishing company will laugh at you and say Haha, four months <laughs> later six months later yeah whenever so. um man again thank you so much for your time thank you i appreciate you Thank you so much for your time, energy, and attention today, jamming out with Jordan and I. Appreciate you being here. If you could share this with a friend, a family member, a teammate, remember, we go further together. Thank you for tuning in because you're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. And until next week, flow on, my friends.